Today we are going to speak on how to submit to the Lord. John six thirty eight. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but of the will of him who sent me. Submitting to the Lord is probably the hardest thing for us to do. For the flesh is always fighting the spirit and wants its own way. It is harder than making a decision in prayer, for we seek an answer there. Now we have to go a step further to see our lives, not for what we want, but rather doing the will of the Lord. Let's read how Jesus was tested. John six thirty-nine to 41 and this is the father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing but should rise, raise it up again at the last day and th this is a will of him that sent me that everyone that seeth the son and believeth of him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. But Jesus knew what the Father wanted him to say, and despite opposition, continues, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And after these things, Jesus walked to Galilee, for he would not walk in Jews, Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now, how many of us are prepared to do the Father's will even in the face of opposition? If Jesus had disobeyed the Father to save himself from being killed by the Jews, he would not have been able to teach us the truth and prepare us to receive the greatest gift the world could ever receive through his death and his resurrection on the third day from the dead. We simply have to die of our own will in order to do the will of God who gave his life for us. Sometimes this is not so easy. I remember not wanting to go to Pakistan and went to the end of the line three times because everybody said it was so unwise to go at that dangerous time of the cartoons. But I felt it was God's will to me, that is, till I got to the airport. But then I heard the Lord say, I have called you and will not forsake you. And after that I was able to obey and continue. And it was the best trip I could ever have imagined. Burma was another difficult invitation as preaching in Burma is against the law. And I was invited to speak at four pastor seminars in four different states. I did not want to go. But once we were there, we could virtually feel the oppression of the people were under and we were in constant fear of being arrested. But whenever fears of being arrested for preaching to the congregation entered my mind, 
I just prayed for courage and was able to preach boldly. When we entered the second state, the Lord told us to go to the Buddhist festival. Now that was really strange. What do we want to go there? But we felt led to spend part of that first evening at this Buddhist festival watching the great paper balloons going up in the sky and tasting some of the sweet cakes. We gave some to the man at the table when we got back to the hotel at the reception. The next day was spent teaching at the pastor's conference and when we arrived back there to the hotel we found that the authorities had been there three times to look for us but the receptionist had told them that we had gone to the Buddhist festival and he had given us directions there the night before. Up in my room I gathered together my itinerary and headed paper, washed them under the tap and flushed them down the toilet in case we were searched and caught. Lord, I said, I don't think I have the nerve to do this work. And then we booked out of the hotel, caught a taxi down to Lake Inlay and had to um, go uh, next morning up at five o'clock. We went to the islands of Inlay at 5 a.m. on a motorized canoe. And on the islands, we saw the sinking temple and people with extremely long necks with beads around them. And we went to encourage the Christians there. And they gave me a Shan bonnet. And I also bought a Shan hat for one dollar. Anyway, we came back and we caught the bus back up to the town where I was to give the talks. And as I got out of the car, in order to get my hand through the rucksack, I put the Shan hat on top of the Shan bonnet. And I saw this rather important man walking towards me and all I could think about was how funny I must look and burst out laughing and suddenly the important look looking man turned and walked away and we went up the hill to where I was to preach and I thought that's strange I felt the Lord say to me yes you haven't got the nerve to do this work that's why I just gave you my nerve of steel so I went to the pot in front and I said, excuse me, who was that important looking man walking towards me? Oh, he said, they were coming to arrest you, but you were laughing so much, they thought that you must be the wrong person because you looked like a crazy tourist. Thank you, Jesus. He had done it again. So, those are a couple of experiences where I had to pray and do God's will and submit to him to go to these countries where I did not want to go, putting God first, but God 
protected me. When we submit to not doing our own will, but our Father's will, He will lead us and protect us. Sometimes people will ask, how do you know God's will and how do you hear Him? Well, the Lord tries to speak to us all the time. But often we are so busy that we do not give him this time to speak to us or guide us. Then when we get into danger of walking in the flesh and doing what we think is right, instead of walking in obedience according to what God wants us to do, we can get ourselves into problems. Now I'd like to share some insights from New Zealand. I went up the mountains for two days to seek God. The first day I climbed a mountain called Mount John next to Lake Tekipo, beautiful large lake. As I got to the top of the mountain, the wind was blowing very, very hard. And I sat down on a rock to wait on the Lord when the Lord said, face me full on, face full into the wind, so that you can hear with two ears rather than just one ear. So I turned my face full into the wind and he began to speak to me. And this built me up so, so very well. And the Lord said, in the same way, I need your time and full concentration. It is a great responsibility to hear me right and to declare what I give you with accuracy. Keep finally in tune with my Holy Spirit with both ears open, facing me full on. If you do this, you will hear me clearly and you will not limit me. Later down on the lake, the Lord showed me the gentle ripples and said, in yielded stillness, the waters yield to the breeze and the breeze will blow them to shore ripple by ripple. Do not think in your heart that what you do for me is of small account. No, my child, every ripple is important. And as my children obey me, the many ripples will cause their own ripple effect until there are so many that the ripples will intermingle and cause a tide of my revival. The next day I visited Mount Cook, which is the tallest mountain in uh, New Zealand. And I could not see the top. I had to wait for the clouds to lift so I could take a photograph. And this took some waiting. And the Lord said, I too like my people to wait on me. As this stills their minds, and brings them into the same sense of expectancy as you wait for Mount Cook to reveal its beauty. 
so too I will reveal my beauty to those who wait on me. And as my people search their hearts, so the clouds of oppression or conflict or difficulties loose themselves from their hearts as the clouds begin to lift that hide my presence from them. Even so, as you watch the rain clouds begin to lift, so Mount Cook will be seen in all its beauty and splendor. And that's how I wish to reveal myself to my people who wait on me. And within a few minutes, Mount Cook did reveal itself with the bright sunlight shining on its snow caps against a brilliant blue sky. And I took my photographs and marveled at the beauty. It was a sight like this that inspires one to feel that this is where earth touches the skies and where heaven touches earth. Separated only by occasional clouds. And it seemed to me in the same way that the earthly realm touches the spiritual. But the heavenly realm is often hidden by clouds of sin, oppression, pain or sickness in people's lives. The Lord then said, I cause, I call my chosen ones to get rid of every cloud in their lives and to rise up in me above the clouds into the heavenly realm, where I will ask each one to live in my presence. It is then that heaven will invade their souls, transform their minds and cause them to rise up above every care and every problem, for you will see my answer not only for your own lives, but you will also be able to take my answer to this hurting, troubled world to bring release, salvation, healing and deliverance to many. Prayer will become your life source and the things of heaven will be within your grasp. Slowly the magnificent sun-trenched picture of Mount Cook was again covered by a cloud and hidden completely from view. So with me, the Lord continued, I will occasionally give you a glimpse of my power and my glory, of my majestic splendor to encourage you. But most often you have to walk the path of faith, knowing I'm still there, just as sure as Mount Cook is hidden behind those clouds. And so the clouds of problems, sickness, hurt or sin will still evade this earth, but rise up above them into the sunlight of my presence and you will be able to bring my message of love and salvation to all near and far and as you do so the clouds that brought problems to my people even as storms do to nature to water and germinate new life as they turn to me my saviour later i returned to where i was staying and i went for a walk in the wind and the Lord spoke again. See the mountains. Some are under an open heaven in purest sunlight, and others are under storm clouds. So it is with my cities, and so many areas or villages that you are to minister in. You need to look at these cities or villages in the spirit realm, and I will reveal to you the strongholds over them and you are to pray them down and release my people from those oppressions until I put an open heaven above those places. 
I will then send you into a responsive people. The strongholds are many that can oppress a city, village or area. And these keep people in bondage so that they aren't able to hear or respond to any message given to them. These strongholds are to be prayed down first, wherever my people are to preach. And this has to be taken seriously that no time is lost. Binding these strongholds can be done in serious, effective prayer before your meetings. This will bind down the strongholds for the duration of the meeting. And for whole cities, it may take a group of intercessors up to a year on a weekly basis. Every situation is different. So my people must seek me for each strategy for that area. Yes, I'm calling my people to a serious commitment, a new alertness to move only in me. I desire that my people take command in me in the spirit realm. When they learn to take command, then my work will be accomplished. When you intercede for another person, do not only pray for the negative things in their lives to leave me in Jesus' name, but also pray for my love, my peace, my joy, my strength to uplift them in Jesus' name. See the great lakes that are formed from the glaciers? Do you think my lakes of blessings are not as large? The resources from heaven are almost untapped. As I require you to pray of the strongholds, that hold my people in bondage, so I also require you to release the blessings from heaven upon them. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you release onto the earth is released from heaven. I want my people to pray these things into reality. I am grieved at half-hearted prayer. Unless my people pray with their whole heart, how can they expect me to answer? I call for true belief and wholehearted prayer. Then my people will see my answer, so their prayer. I look at the heart and half-hearted lukewarm people I spit out. I'm looking for my real people who will worship with all their hearts and seek my face in reality and truth. These are my real people and I'm calling them together now. I want to raise them up. I have a call on such people's lives. I want them to extend my kingdom. I want to bless them abundantly. So you think in your heart that you've never heard me speak so much? Have you given me the time? Do my people give me the time to speak to them and teach them? No, they go their own way. That is why my world is in such a mess. Yes, my children, I want you to reorganize your lifestyles and priorities so that you, uh, you can hear me speak to you. And then I will use you to help those in need. These are just some of the things that I heard the Lord speak to me those two days. The Lord is calling us all now.
He is calling forth his forerunners now. And even as John the Baptist prepared the way for the first coming of Jesus, the Lord is calling forth his forerunners right now to prepare the way for the greatest event the world has ever seen, the second coming of Jesus. Are you ready? Some of you may not even yet have received Jesus as Lord. And if you'd like to receive Jesus now, let's quickly say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you now. Please forgive me every sin I've ever done. I choose to follow you now in truth and righteousness. Thank you for forgiving me. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. And I will now hand back to our host.